Hello, welcome everybody um, to this final session at Radio Days. It's been exciting, right? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, uh, my name is Paul McNally. Um, I'm a radio journalist and media developer. Um, I started a project here at WITS called Citizen Justice Network. We train community paralegals to be radio journalists. Um, I also started um, a for-profit company called Volume, and we work with community radio stations to help them improve local news. Um, and it gives me great honor to welcome our panelists today. Um, you guys are in for a real treat. We have people that are really going to talk about the innovations that are going on in radio and really like looking to the future. So I'd like to introduce them. Um, we have um, Claire Moisa down there on the corner. Um, she's a beloved um, presenter and broadcaster um, for carte blanche and also had a huge history in radio. Welcome. Round of applause. Um, we have uh, Jonas Reef. He comes all the way from Germany. Um, he's uh, the co-founder and CTO of Upspeak, which is an app that creates communities for radio stations and podcasts. Please give him a round of applause. Um, we have Nelly Kalu, who, if you heard her yesterday, she's um, outspoken, um, controversial talk show host from Nigeria. Please give her a round of applause. Um, and then we have uh, Andile Masuku, who uh, um, his Uber just ran out of fuel on the way here. So I don't know what his um, impression of technology really is going to be at the moment. But um, he's a co-founder and executive producer of a fantastic um, media startup called African Tech Roundup. Please give him a round of applause. Okay, so we're here to talk about innovation. Um, and obviously, you know, we all know that that has become more of a buzzword to the point where it almost means nothing at this point, right? Um, and when I think of being a reporter as a radio journalist, I don't want anything to innovate. You know, I want to just interview weird people and write a script and edit it and then just upload it onto SoundCloud. And that's it. I don't want anything to change, really. Um, but when I think of the media sector in general, and especially radio, I can't think of something that, like an industry that needs more innovation, right? And needs people to engage with it in a way that needs to change. And we need to really think about, like people have been speaking this morning, what we do in that industry and how we can make it better. So I want to open it up to the panelists, um, maybe first of all, for them to just introduce themselves a little bit more um, and also sort of where they sit in this industry. Can we start here with Andile? So three years ago, um, I came off, three and a half years ago, I came off uh, circuit for a, a, um, from a four-year engagement with a, a TV show called It's My Biz. It was a business advice show that aired on uh, early prime time on ETV. Uh, I worked in front of the camera and behind the scenes for the show, and uh, my entrepreneurship uh, career within broadcasting actually started while I worked for that show because I ended up uh, spending more time and making more money, frankly, con you know, consulting <laughs> to the sponsors of the show. And, and I really learned the business of, of what was at the time uh, the most 
uh, watched uh, business advice show on, t- on TV. Right. Now, the politics changed at the sponsor, uh, and the, the, the show was taken off the air, and it was then, I, you know, the rude awakening. I was hit by the rude awakening that I didn't own the rights to the show. Right. Uh, even though it was doing really well, ETV was happy to renew it, uh, and you know the the owners of the of the of the rights didn't allow me to take it to someone else mm. to to another bank which you know there was a bank happy to to carry on with the show and so that what that's what sparked so it's um, kind of like a light bulb moment it was a light bulb right? moment it was super humbling you go from 6 7 million people watching you every week you're somewhat a, a household name you're not really a household name unless you're on generations let's be honest but um <laughs> yes but you go from that to all of a sudden you had this idea of what being an in-demand talent slash producer in South African media looks like and feels like to nothing, mm. right? And, and absolutely nothing you can do about it. And then um, at the time, you know, I was introduced to, to podcasting uh, and, and then I, I decided actually I was going to build, whatever I was going to do next was going to involve building uh, uh, properties I owned. Mm. And... You know, we're here to talk about innovation. I feel the reason I'm here three years later with what's now the largest podcast of its kind within its genre across the world is because innovation should be, and in, in my opinion, should be judged by a simple metric, which is um, does it actually add value in mm. real terms? And that's a transactionary discussion, whereas, you know, we often like to think everything we do is super important. In our case, what is now, you know, you know, a platform that covers the African tech scene, the, the value has to be co-assigned by an audience that needs and wants what you have and by me who likes to think I get up in the morning to do important work. Yeah. And th- therein lies the innovation, not this sort of former TV you know, producer turned podcaster successfully making a transition, but really finding a way to add value within a context, a specific context, and, and then, in our case, finding ways to monetize that value. Where you didn't think you were adding value before as yeah. much, as well, right? Well, again, the value was... The, so I was definitely adding value at the time, but I think that I had a very insular idea of what innovation looked like. Right. It was like, thank... You know, I, I felt as though anything I worked on was somehow God's gift to, to <laughs> broadcasting. Yeah. And I think that's the wrong way to think about innovation. Hey, I've got this new show that's never... Or I have this concept that no one's ever seen before. That's not the point, actually. Sometimes it is, if it adds value. Right. And that value is assigned not just by you, but by an audience that tunes in frequently, shares your content, and most importantly, is monetizable. Cool. Fascinating. We're going to get more into some of those topics you brought up now um, a bit later. Um, Nelly, what about you? Can you give a little bit of background of how you've sort of, I mean, you're in sort of talk radio, but I mean, it seems to me that you've innovated in that space in a really interesting way. Can you give a little bit of background of where you come from and your perspective? Yeah. Um, I'd like to think that I have innovated in an interesting way. But um, talk radio in Nigeria, as I said yesterday, yesterday, has always been, but its commercial aspect is quite young. And um, I have been affiliated with Nigeria Info for almost as long as um, talk radio in Nigeria existed commercially, because Nigeria Info was technically um, the longest sustained version of commercial talk radio that returned to Nigeria, starting with our biggest city, Lagos. So. Um, 
on that, I have worked basically across all the shifts and all the time belts, from the overnight to the morning during the weekends. And this gives you different perspectives and ideas of what your audience wants and who they are and what really innovation is for radio, especially for talk radio. And um, in a way, I agree with you. You know, it's not really bringing the new things on that's innovation. I'm from a country where we jump on the newest exciting thing before our neighbors know of it sometimes. Oh, yeah, that sounds no, good. Compared, yeah, yeah sounds it's great. good. It is good. But how do we use it then? Yeah. You know, at some point, um, talk radio in Nigeria and almost all radio in Nigeria can easily be found online. We do maximize the internet space and every opportunity it brings to us. Podcast is an area that in Nigeria we're beginning to explore and haven't as yet explored, but I can almost put my money on it that by this time next year, you would probably have heard of some of them. And the speed is quick, but the um, intention and the reflection on media and the business that it's for is something we need to pause and think about. Because um, online and the way the Nigerian regulator is designed, you go online to hide the things you can't put on proper airspace. And if online and innovation is just a way to run across to do something else, then that's not the, most, um, mm. that's not the best result you get from it. So innovation for us in Nigeria and on talk radio especially is trying to bring to the surface of the things that already exist and find a way to modify it to suit the audience that we're speaking to. So if I am having a conversation that you can find on anything, and um, technically um, in Nigeria, we, we try the best that we can, especially on talk radio, to make sure that our audience at different times of the day are satisfied. We don't have as many, as many talents to give them to satisfy the need for the information they want, the dialogue they want. So we substitute this with um, keeping programming and content that they can find valuable at different times of the day. And when we explore what other countries are doing internationally, you find that everyone is getting, niches become attractive. And for Nigerian advertising, niche is not attractive. Right. You have, Nigeria is seen in numbers. It's 190 million people, so if I can sell to all these people, I make money. And innovation is only seen in a way to generate profit from that number of people. Right. But 190 people is not the market because they have different interests, different choices, mm. different things they want to consume. So if you fragment that market, then the advertisers become upset, basically. Yeah. No, they don't trust it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So innovation for us now is trying to change the space, the broadcast space, the media space, the online space and try to make understand, um, advertisers understand that coming smaller, going niche is actually the next step in life, the next step in the world. And okay. um, that's what we're working on every day. Fascinating. That's yeah. really good. Thank you. Um, Jonas, can you get, you're a developer originally, yes, um, right. surrounded by journalists and um, people that would love to know what you can do, basically. I think everyone wishes that they'd done some developing at school um, and knew a sort of basics. Can you give a bit of more background around Upspeak and what you've been working on? Yeah, sure. Thanks for the invitation. And yeah, Upspeak is an app for waste communities. Um, radio stations and podcasters can get their own channel, branded channel within our app. And listeners, users can get into conversation with each other and also directly to the podcaster or radio moderator, and all by sending voice messages only. So um, 
you can ask questions, you can discuss uh, certain uh, topics, you can uh, simply listen or whatever you would like to say, you can say it in within our app, yeah. And the radio stations and podcasters on the other side have uh, or get a content management system from us um, where they can manage and search for audios. We also transcribe the audios so they can simply search like a certain topic and can find all um, different user-generated content which they oh. can use for their episodes, for the radio shows and so on. So That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, basically, it's, it's, uh, we found out that it's really important to build up loyal communities because loyal communities always hears your podcasts and yeah, and it's really important. And so we thought, why not mix the, the community with the voice and build a voice community. Yeah. Great. That's really interesting. Thanks. Um, Claire. Um, in terms of being a broadcaster and working in, um, you know, a, a, a very exposed um, place where you are, you know, you're in people's homes every week. Um, what kind of innovations have you seen in that space that have managed to sort of add value, um, you know, but still not tossing it all out, still working within those parameters? Um, I think it's, um, one of the things that we struggle with, um, just not just in radio, but I think also a little bit in TV, is that um, we can't really rely that heavily on our research right. of our audiences um, and our demographics and breaking that down and what they want and who are they. And um, so everyone um, from their own um, platforms or stations have got... Uh, a breakdown, we can't really trust the numbers. So when you go out into people's homes, literally, physically, and you engage with people, um, you realize that um, we need to figure out ways that we are relevant to those listeners. Who are we speaking to? Who are we choosing? South Africa is now filled with so many different stations and broadcast platforms that cater to so many pockets of society um, exactly what Nelly was talking about. And so um, the innovations need to be tailor-made to that specific market if that's what you want. So mm. what really works on Ukosi FM, where they have 7 million listeners, um, won't work for a regional radio commercial station uh, that's just broadcasting in, in Gauteng. And so it, it really varies. The, the innovations really do vary. Um, I do know that what we are trying to do and what we are trying to not do as much as we used to is in the past, historically, um, especially with the radio space, we would look towards other territories and spaces and countries to see what innovations they're doing and just adopt those blindly. Right. Um, and so we'd go, we'd look, we'd get Australian speakers and people from the UK and Americas and South America and see what they're doing. And we'd adopt that, and then it would kind of work. But now we've just realized that in the past few years, we realized that... Can you that give an example of something like that? that um, the, more of things like um, how we break up our time channels. So broadcasting in our, our breakfast show. Right. Um, and 
why it is the most important show and why we must load and more people are listening there and that's what the trend is around the world everywhere right right but that's not the case for our populations all the time yeah. most of them are not listening to radio at that time sometimes most of them are listening at a different time channel between 9 and 12 but we've adopted other models and we've tried to make them work for us mm. um, and so I've been at radio stations where we look at our listenership numbers and we realize actually it doesn't mirror the trends that are happening internationally because their lifestyles their behaviors what they need what they want their population it's completely different uh, and what they're seeking from radio is not what our population is seeking still from radio mm. so the innovations have been um, african solutions for african problems um, so how people are consuming radio they, i mean it's i mean one of the great barriers for our podcasting module is that people can't afford it People can't right. afford it. So that's a great innovation. Um, and so it's awesome to see that, you know, there are online radio stations and they broadcast incredible content and you can, you know, download it and put it on your phone and do that's all like cool. But um, it's a drop in the ocean of the people that can listen to it, who will listen to it. You've got incredible content that's just sitting there. Um, and it's not being disseminated and people are not sharing it and using it and consuming it. Mm. And so it really is about figuring out, so how do we overcome that? Um, what are we, how do we get the great content that our content producers produce? How do we get the maximum value from that? Yeah. How do we share it? Where do we share it? Who do we speak to? How do we disseminate it? So... I, I, the innovations are not universal um, and they're not for every single market and we can't be looking outside all the time. We need to figure out what are the things that we need to do here that will solve our unique, interesting, diverse um, groups. Fascinating. That's really good. Yeah. Do you want to jump in there. Um, there's so many, the things both Nelly and Claire have said that really resonate. Again, I'm going to apply the, the very lofty ideal for innovation that I, I put forward at the beginning on myself. In the context of South Africa, in fact, most of the continent at large, podcasting is the most exclusive media proposition you can offer. Okay, so the reason I got into podcasting is because I have fiber, broadband fiber to my home. Yeah. I Uber everywhere. I'm a consumer of worldwide media. <laughs> um, I, tra I travel widely. I have very eclectic tastes that are informed by growing up all over the place as a child. I am not the average African. I'm not the average media consumer. And the reason I'm sitting here today with a going concern as far as this media platform, which, uh, you know, which of course uh, our, our flagship products are podcasts, is because, it's not because it's this amazing new thing everyone should get into. It's because over the last three years, what started out as a for us, by us, artistic endeavor on Andile's part to be like a relevant sort of broadcaster, forget that TV show, I'm going to be cool over here. That's turned into a platform that is, 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 is listened to and, and, and consumed at least two-thirds of our audiences abroad. Mm. Our biggest audience is the US. It's part of the reason why um, we are abroad at least every other month or so um, in, in places like London and, and Amsterdam and the US, our head of growth is based in Chicago. Uh, and so I'm often invited to sort of speak about the innovation that is podcasting and, and to enthuse sort of 
media people and brand managers on the future of podcasting. And of course, I am excited and I am hoping more of us start to, 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 to jump into this white space for the opportunity that it is, you know, you know just for the sake of it. Because mm. even, if, even if we just do it for the sake of just being here in another five years so that we were part of the wave, right? I'm sure it's worthwhile. But if we're talking about the value of that innovation in corporate terms, I'm sitting probably speaking to people who have to think in, in KPA terms. And we're not there yet in as far as podcasting is concerned. And that's not why you need to be excited about it or trying to dabble in it or trying to explore it. And that doesn't nullify my enthusiasm for it or is not the same thing as Andile saying don't podcast. Yeah. It's just a really nuanced discussion that you need to be clever to. And I think we're sitting here with people who understand because your KPAs, I imagine, at Kaya and you know, in Nigeria have something to do with, you know, Re the real deal about who's listening and how we can actually reach those people and who that matters to. And that's a conversation you need to have to alongside all these technological yeah. innovations. It can't, it can't just be a plug and play sort it, of situation. Yeah, and it can't yeah. be for the, for the heck of it. Like, podcasting is huge in the States. Well, that's great. But yeah. what does it mean in Nigeria? What does it mean in South Africa? What does it mean, you know, for African yeah. Tehran? Yeah, Nelly, you yeah. To yes, I wanted yeah. to. But before I uh, get to what Andley said about podcasting and what it, how you, why you should get into it, I need to um, relate something uh, she said about listener time. Um, one of the innovations I think radio in general in Nigeria needs to really pay attention to is the innovation of the cities in which these radio stations exist. Uh, using the city I live in, which is the biggest broadcast um, city in Nigeria, Lagos, in Lagos, um, it is believed that the traditional way, as you say, you lift it from where you lift it, it works for a time. First of all, our shifts per program or show is about five hours in a day. Yes, it's, it shocks everyone in South Africa, and I wonder why. What do you all do with your hours? <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's five hours. a hot hours. take. We're yes. going to be asking everyone individually at the end of the session. What are you done after three hours for? So, you know, and... Um, it's a five-hour um, Sorry, shift. is that five hours on air? On air, yes. Oh, my yes. word. One person. Oh, my word. And I don't want to break down what you're doing Talk five radio. hours. You probably, yeah. Talking for five, wow. You should see me after my show. I'm the friendliest person you meet. I'm exhausted, angry, and thinking about who to throttle at And you time. don't want yeah. to talk anymore. Yeah, like, yeah no, I don't want to. I stopped taking phone calls because of that. I'm sure, yeah. Yes, you and I, I don't want yourself. to. Yeah, but... Um, what happens is in a five-hour shift, the marketing and the interest of um, radio managers and radio owners and investors is drive time, is in the morning and when people are coming back from work, and this is when we need to talk more or do something more or put a very eclectic personality on it. And then they decide, you know, one person isn't good enough for drive time. Let's have two, three, five, an army. Whatever they think, <laughs> whatever they think worked in Hot 97, let's just bring it in here. You know, speak with an accent. Nigerians love accents. It used to work. Then Lagos started to evolve. And I observed from my commute, I take a lot of Uber too, and most times I um, carpool with colleagues and friends. Nobody's listening to you in drive time. Mm. They're talking amongst themselves. They pick one thing you say in one minute, and it's a conversation that lasts through traffic. And Lagos has four-hour traffic from one point to another. And so you're stuck in traffic, and you're tired of hearing that same voice in four hours that voice is tired of talking to you in four hours, so they say the same thing in four hours. And you're busy trying to sell to people who aren't listening. They're there. They're in traffic. Everywhere is stuck. You think you're talking to them. You're not. Then in the midday, what we call midday is from about 10 to 3, you know, the loose pockets. 
Lagos has, has expanded so much that we have more than 8 million people coming in every day and getting out. And so in those midday, there's pockets of people now driving alone, just very minimal traffic. It's still very intense, but not four hours. You could get two hours of traffic. They're alone now. Nobody's carpooling with them. All you've got is their attention. Why would you leave such a pocket of time without content, without an entertainer, and without market? Mm. Your market is right there. They're trying to get... They're younger people now who don't have um, traditional jobs. So they're self-employed. They're constantly going about selling their online business. And while they hate their employer, they're listening to online radio and pretending to work. You know, so they're there in a computer, they're listening to what you're saying and nodding at their bosses. That's your market. The times that are untraditional, when no one is looking at. And that's the same way I want us to look at podcasting in Nigeria. In my country, we jump on trends, on trends because these trends are there, they're new, and they're doing it in the US. Mm. You know, so I'm here in South Africa and everyone is talking about podcasting. If I decide to be true to my represent Niger, I should go back and start a podcast yes. because everyone is doing it. Yeah. It's great. But I think, as she said, the content, I listen to podcasts a lot, and I actually do steal some of that content for my radio show. But the content of podcasting, as good as it is, it can only affect Africa in general if the rural person can hear it. Right. And podcasters need to find a way to liaise with traditional radio because in poor countries, it will never go away. Mm. It's free, it's available, and people have the time. Yes. In Nigeria, we, don't, we do not have, this is a luxury, the power you have to just constantly flip from internet to TV. Mm. So people are sometimes in the dark at certain hours of the day and they're stuck to the radio. The radio can, you can have your radio on your phone on a small AA battery that can last forever. So why not think of a case where you can have your podcast played on radio? Mm. If you're making money off of it online, you don't necessarily have to make money off of it traditionally, but you get people getting influenced by your voice, the thing you're believing, the thing you're selling, and you are, one step at a time, covering a large scape of things for Africans. Now, an African who may not know anything about business learns it from radio from five minutes of your 15-minute podcast. So isolating it to online and the internet and the cool wave of it would leave millions and billions of Africans uninfluenced by you. And I wonder at the end of the day, as an African broadcaster, what does it mean for us? Very interesting. Thank you. Um, Jonas, I just wanted to bring you in on this because we've had, it's very exciting to hear um, about these like nuanced innovations, but I think also what people think of when they think of innovation, they still immediately just go to the word of an app, right? And we heard the SABC talk yesterday about how they're bringing an app in to solve all their problems, basically, and kind of, um, uh, kind, of kind of build trust and try and get people to pay their license. And I was wondering if you had any advice around that sphere and that kind of idea of people in journalism and media who immediately leap to that idea of, we need an app for that, you know? And, and is that something, I mean, that you come across and, and what would you say to someone who came to you and said that? Um, my advice is to only try it out, do it, um, and yeah, be, be innovative. Like, try it out, make your app, um, hire some freelancers, and yeah. That's so, my you think advice. that people should try it, or is it a case that they are, um, you know, is that the right way to go always? I mean, is there a way to sort of test to see if that will work or not? Yeah, you, you, you don't have to, to build an app 
or build a uh, perfect solution, you can uh, build some mock-ups to try it out. You have to do some customer research, um, ask really the people, the radio listeners, what are their problems, and only as so you can find out like what are the problems, how can I solve it, and mm. then I could implement code app. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. That's Thanks. like um, our road was. We um, we recognized in Germany that um, so many people listen to podcasts. There are around 20 million people who are listening to podcasts every week. And I had a lot of questions after each episode, like, oh, I want to have more information about this. And so we decided to implement an app to, to solve this problem, to to give the, the user or the listeners, listeners a platform where they can discuss, get further information and so on, yeah. Okay, fascinating. Right, Paul, I think the way you're framing the question also kind of implies how we think about innovation. Yeah, exactly. I think the pressure for many of us is I'm only going to innovate as long as the outcome is guaranteed. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the wrong way to think about innovation. Yeah. I think the reason the African Tech Roundup worked out isn't because I was doing this thing no one did, isn't even because we're the biggest deal at what we do in the world. It, that's not why it worked. It worked because I, at, I am still a going concern as a sort of freelance broadcaster. So it really took the pressure off this thing to, to deliver this massive financial result, mm. right? Mm. And if it weren't for that, I would have long quit this thing because it's only in, the, in like sort of two and a half years later are our prospects financially starting to pan out. So I think there's a lot to be said for the attitude or the thinking around what innovation looks like. Okay. So to your point, um, we should be trying things all the time. The issue isn't that we should, sh the question shouldn't be, oh, should we try or should we not? Mm. Is it a good idea to try? Is that the right thing to do? The right thing is to try. The, the problem is our attitude towards what happens if when you try, you don't actually get the result you hoped. Yes, okay. And does that, does that now turn into... Let's say the SABC's app fails. Is, is the, is the take-home, the SABC should never do, try to, to build another app? If the BBC one's the, the new one they have now, what if that fails? Is that then, should that then inform everyone's decision to, to do an app or not? I think that's the wrong way to think about it. Like I think it should. definitely will, even if it should. I think that's, like, like Claire was saying, yeah. that it's kind of a case of adopting external ideas, and then if an external idea fails then you'll also expect that, like, oh, now we shouldn't do that. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's lazy thinking. I think sometimes we think it's a default thing. So some, it's like a uh, let's be cool and innovative and we can't do that without an app. Um, whether it's relevant or not or whether it's going to serve a market or you haven't really thought much um, further into it. So I think we, we think that if you don't have an app, you're really not trying to be um, at the cutting edge or something. So I think... It's amazing how an innovation can happen in the world somewhere, not on the continent, um, but we can almost leapfrog that innovation. We don't even have to adopt it uh, on the continent because it doesn't even work. It's not even, we know it won't be relevant. So they, we can, I mean, I can't think of an example now, but there are certain innovations that have worked successfully and have been disruptive there in other territories and worked really well. But because of who we are and how we've set up and the distances and our demographics and all of those little nuances and variables of being on the continent, um, 
we don't even need to, we, we can completely not ignore, but realize and recognize that that is not a solution that's going to work for us for these reasons. What are the things that will work for us? So there's some innovations that are born um, from Africa um, mm. that have no relevance in other territories. And that for me is what we should be trying to do. What has not yet been put out there um, in the broadcast space, in the in the platforms that we have, that we can that we can grow and develop ourselves, that will address our unique issues, because I think what we do is that we just we struggle with something that's not going to work. It's mm. a, a square hole. It's a round peg situation. Do, do you think media now is a sector? I mean, radio, just all of media. Do you think it's a sector now which is going to be constantly innovating? Do you think this is it now? Because traditionally, journalists and journalism isn't really that space, right? For a good section of time, people could just do the same thing year on year. Do you think now this is it? We are year on year going to be innovators as journalists, and there, by extension, the people we're training to be new journalists are also basically journalists slash innovators. Definitely. Do you think? I think even our attitudes have had to change over the last few years because I think we were very holier than thou in yeah. the broadcast space. <laughs> um, you know, and we were rigid and we knew what was right and we broadcast to the little people and we told them <laughs> what was happening and they were a captive audience at 7 o'clock weekdays, right? And there yeah. was silence in the home. Now, people are bombarded with information and content at every moment of the day. So we need to figure out um, who are our consumers how will they consume what we have, what content we've got? How will they consume our content? How do we make it easy for them? How can they choose us in the sea, in the plethora of content that's like raining down on them? And so now we have to kind of feed into them because they're no longer feeding into us. There's appointment listening is one of the, it's going to be like a, archaic thing very soon where somebody says oh it's seven o'clock let me just uh, switch something on that's slowly dying there's a demographic in south africa that yes still wants that but they are literally getting older and dying <laughs> um and everyone else is like if this doesn't suit me when i want to listen to this when i want to listen how i want to listen on a platform in a way so we have to be innovative because um I don't even know what this new generation, Zen, Gen Z or what, whoever they are, yeah. how are they going to consume our content? What, what are they saying? What are they doing? Um, and we need to feed into people, our audience's behavior. And that means we have to be on our toes and see, and see how we, we do it. And I think the power has completely shifted. Um, uh, it's really sad that we we can sit here with all of our experience and say we are broadcasters, but everyone with a smartphone is a broadcaster. Mm. Everyone, I mean, guys, I report on CNN. They're doing it, and they've been doing it, and it like trickled down, and then everyone was like, listen, eyewitness news, let's do this. And so now the power has... Um, kind of fallen into our consumers' hands and we need to be conscious and cognizant of that and incorporate that. So we, we kind of, um, we have to stay on the ball, in tune, in touch, listening, watching, learning mm. from our audience because they are our, they are, they set the pace. Yeah, thank you. Um, Nelly, what do you think? Do you think that media now is uh, innovating is going to constantly be innovating now. It's not going to, this isn't going to subside. Do you think this is sort of what it means to be in media or be a journalist? Is also to be constantly having part of your brain that thinks about how it's changing and how you can adapt to that change all the time? 
I think uh, that's maybe what separates an actual broadcaster sitting in here from the person who can just report on the news because it's our job to think constantly where this is going, what it will be like, how do we do it to suit the next generation. So, um, yeah, I think there'll constantly be innovation. I started a session this morning that says, very soon, your media will be downloaded. And all I could think while I sat in my country is, how soon is that for Nigeria, let me think. You know, because if I ask that question for Nigeria, I have to ask how soon is it for Lagos, how soon is it for Botakot, Abuja, and then the village. You know, so right. um, it will constantly innovate, but I think Africa needs to innovate for us. We have enough educated people now who know how it's done outside of here that they should learn what makes you truly intelligent is not just adopting what's a good idea, but making a good idea yours, that it rips results. Now, where radio stations and uh, other forms of media fail is, they jump on this foreign idea, and then when it fails, and this is why they never have another app, when it fails, because it never was thought through, you don't know how to retrace your steps and correct that fault. So I love the fact that, you know, one day my country would give you a call and say, how can your innovation help us? But when we do that, we should always have in mind that it's so that the Gen Z and Gen X and then my dying you know, parents who can help evolution can also say, just before I died, this is how I consumed media. And I think that's my job. And it should constantly be the job of broadcasters in Africa to make sure that we are ahead of how our generation consumes the media because that's the only way Africa gets to survive all of our mess. Cool, thank you. Um, we're going to open the floor up to some questions, but I just wanted a last uh, word from the panel, just in terms of what your thoughts are in terms of where we're going. I mean, it struck me um, this morning that the MP3 was 20 years ago, um, which made me very excited and feel very old. Um, but that, to me, blew my mind as someone that was obsessed with audio as a teenager, and I kind of, and you kind of think that where are we going now? In 20 years' time, where do you think the audio sector could be? So it's funny. Um, I was actually thinking about, you know, some, some, in the context of your question, like wh what's changed in me to, to think differently and absorbing everything you guys have been saying. Do you know how big a deal it was for me to go into my Twitter bio about three years ago and actually go, and you'll find it there now, you'll see broadcaster. I like I claim broadcaster, me. I claim broadcaster. Right, and you'll you see have broad a very nice voice. No, well, <laughs> no, but but that's the thing. Um, I claimed it at a time I wasn't on television, right? Because that you know, to the point you were making clear, that's what m it right. meant to be a broadcaster. You had to be endorsed, permitted, even, you know, by you know the top three or four in this country or somewhere else in the world. And and now what's interesting is is again speaking to what you were saying, Nelly, this idea that. Uh, this correct idea or thinking of innovation, I think, involves, you know, a business thing. I think the reason I'm where I am right now is in part because I went to business school mm. and didn't study as a journalist. And, and that's unfortunate. I think, and maybe, uh, I know it, but certainly this thinking is starting to be massaged into the, the teaching of journalism or entrepreneurship as well. Because I think innovation needs to start to be a rubber meets road situation where these discussions are not typical, unfortunately, yeah. within, within most broadcasters. Like for most of us, we're just trying to make beautiful things that most people will tweet or share or, or that'll make you know, our sort of content producers happy. 
And we don't really think in terms of the straight line between that and commercial benefit, that and the implications of where that puts us in the, in the, in the context of courts being bought uh, in the past week, Reuters news agency being spun off, you know what I mean, BBC launching this massive app to consolidate all their audio. We're all just content to like make great content and keep people entertained and keep our Twitter popping and not think about like the business implications of where does this put me as a going concern in business terms. Mm. In my case, that's what it means. When I say broadcaster, um, it, it, I, think it, I hope it signals to people who see me on Twitter that I'm the business. I'm not just about you know, consciously walking through life, conscientizing people about good ideas, which is part of what I do. I'm about making sure that I can do this for the foreseeable future. I leave a legacy that allows smarter people and smarter kids behind me to do the same and hopefully leave a legacy that can rival the likes of Quartz Africa and, and, and the BBC and other things. But you can't get there unless you really think in existential terms business-wise. And I feel like that's why it's so important to me that innovation be linked mm. or be, be linked to value. Like, if yeah. we're not having a value conversation around innovation, we're just talking nice-to-haves, really. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. podcasts, you know, apps, we're just talking nice-to-haves. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Thanks. Yeah, yes. What do you reckon? Um, okay. I'll just say I agree that innovation, especially in Africa, has to be linked to value. Everything. Um, I don't see the media, I do not see radio dying because if it, it could have died along with so many things, like the MP3 and so, but we would listen to it differently. You know, How do you um, define value on that? Like what, on is your, yeah, yeah. what is your thoughts on value? Okay, my thoughts on value really is um, the um, real life, real time application of anything. When I watch her, I should see a result of my words, my technology, my thoughts. I think the best way I should say it is this. This is why I love radio. You never tell anybody what to think, but you know you are. And when they are repeating what you said, they say it like it's theirs. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's value to me. I know that no matter what my callers or listeners say about me, they'll say what I just thought as their thought somewhere else. And they'll enjoy the pleasure of being authentic. And that's what innovation and technology and everything should be to you, and that's value for me. That when you're done with that consumption and that enjoyment and that moment, you're not the same person. You're just a little bit better, you know, than you were before it. So um, that's all it means to me. Cool. And, I, and I think that panels like this and conversations like this should always find a way to relate it down to what it's in Africa. I mean, you're all the way from Germany and you're in Africa today. And the only way for you to be remembered in the African sphere is to make sure that the African man can only think of his life in connection with what you have brought to his life. And um, that's why I don't think radio today in Africa would go away. Mm. We would consume it differently. Maybe five years from now, Alexa would finally be in every bedroom in Nigeria. I'm not, you know, and then you could hear me when you call my name, perhaps. But you would always need to hear someone tell you what to think. Sorry, everyone. And because you need that, you will consume the only medium that gives you that. Okay. And I hope it's not podcasts. <laughs> because I, I have earned being called a broadcaster. Cool. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. Dang. Okay. It's going to get Shots tense fired. here. Let's, uh, yeah, let's move on. Yep. <laughs> and in my opinion, I think... The podcast is booming in America and Germany, Europe, everywhere. And I think it's going to be booming in Africa in a few years. And so you have to be innovative because otherwise 
um, such big companies like Google, Apple, Facebook are doing so much in the podcast uh, industry. So be innovative, otherwise you get caught by Facebook. Okay. And yeah. Cool. That's Thank my you. opinion. Yeah. Thanks. Claire, final thoughts? Um, I think innovation um, in Africa has to be tied to how... It sounds very idealistic, but how do we make people's lives better? We have to make people's lives better on the continent. How do you add value, social change? People are becoming more socially conscious. If you can reach the, those people in rural areas, if you can just affect change in a positive way, and it has to be broad, even if... Um, it means that we have more niche markets that are developing, so some rural women are targeted, or then rural young women, and you know, um, then you know all the different groupings and demographics and nuances. All of that, right now, I think for us to, when we're developing anything or we're thinking about the content that we're putting together, we need, and I think people are hungry for it. They need it. Mm. How are you going to change my life? How I need people need help, and the majority of this continent is just really in a, in in a space where they rely on the content, not just for the entertainment. They, it's not just for fun and games. Um, we, we need to be just more socially conscious on how we affect change and that innovation needs to get to each one of those people. If you're not getting to those people, you're innovating in a bubble, which is great for that select few, mm. but you're not really affecting change and you're not, it's not sustainable. That growth um, and that widespread um, um, knowledge is not being shared. So it's about how do you really affect people's lives. Great content saves lives. How do you get to those people? Perfect. Thank you so much. Please, a round of applause for our panelists. Um, now we're going to lunch. Um, I don't know if anyone's got any questions or what the timing's like. Are there any questions, quickly? Or is everyone kind of wanting to go for lunch? I think it's lunchtime. Okay, cool. Well, let's um, go to lunch. We can continue the conversation there. Thanks very much. Another round of applause for our panelists. <laughs>